0: This program is brought to you by Suffolk University. Please visit us on the web at www.suffolk.edu.
1: My name is Janet McLeod. I'm an intellectual property attorney, a registered patent attorney, and a partner in the IP department of the national law firm Fox Rothschild. My office is in New York City. I have a law degree from Pace University School of Law and a doctorate in molecular pharmacology from the Albert Einstein College of Medicine. Box Rothschild's IP department includes 70 attorneys, and we focus on all aspects of intellectual property law, including patents, trademarks, and copyrights. Recently, my colleague Chris Kincaid and I published an article entitled, America Invents Act, Microentity Status for Institutions of Higher Learning. We were then invited to participate in the Suffolk University Law School podcast series, and we thank them very much for this opportunity to share information on this topic with you.
0: And my name is Chris Kincaid. I'm an associate and registered patent attorney in Fox Rothschild's Princeton, New Jersey office. I have a degree in Biological Sciences from the University of Rochester and a law degree from Seton Hall University. I practice predominantly in the area of IP litigation, and I appreciate the opportunity to speak with you today.
1: The United States Patent and Trademark Office is funded by user fees. Patent applicants pay fees for the filing and prosecution of applications and for the maintenance of issued patents. And until recently, the Patent Office has had a two-tier fee structure in which most but not all fees are reduced by 50% for qualifying small entities. Small entities include independent inventors, nonprofit organizations, and small business concerns, which are businesses with 500 or less employees. Nonprofit organizations for the purpose of qualifying as small entities include universities and other institutions of higher learning located in any country. The individuals, nonprofit organizations, and small business concerns are entitled to pay the reduced fees so long as they have not transferred the rights or are under an obligation to transfer rights to an entity that does not qualify for small entity status. Such a transfer of rights results in the loss of small entity status. The leahy smith America Invents Act, which was signed into law by President Obama on September 16, 2011, represents a fundamental change in patent law in the United States. Among many other changes intended to spur innovation in the U.S., it adds a third tier to the fee structure by creating a new class of patent applicants designated as microentities. Qualifying microentities are entitled to a 75% reduction in fees paid to the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office. And the fees that are subject to reduction include the fees for filing, search, examination, issuance, and appeals of patent applications, as well as maintenance fees for patents.
0: The America Invents Act provides two paths for patent applicants to claim microentity status and therefore obtain the benefit of the 75% reduction in qualifying fees. The first path permits individuals falling within certain income and prior application limits to claim microentity status. The second path permits applicants that are affiliated with public institutions of higher education to qualify as microentities. Under the first path, an applicant must meet four criteria in order to claim microentity status. First, the applicant must qualify as a small entity, which, as Janet described, encompasses independent inventors, nonprofit organizations, and small businesses with no more than 500 employees. Second, the applicant must not have been named as an inventor on more than four previously filed U.S. patent applications. It is significant to note that the Act sets a limit of four applications, not issued patents. However, applications filed in foreign countries and international applications filed under the Patent Cooperation Treaty do not count toward this limit, so long as those applications have not been extended into the U.S. The United States provisional applications are also excluded from the four-application limit. The fir- third and fourth requirements are are income ceilings. The applicant's gross income for the prior year cannot exceed three times the median household income. Also, the applicant cannot license or assign an ownership interest in the application to any person or company that has a gross income exceeding three times the median house household income.
1: In addition to the means for qualifying as a entity that Chris just described, an applicant can alternatively qualify for microentity status by virtue of association with an institute of higher education. Under this second group, an applicant must certify that the applicant's employer from whom the majority of his or her income is obtained is an institute of higher education as that is defined by the Higher Education Act of 1965 or the applicant can certify that he or she has assigned or granted or conveyed or is under an obligation to do so an ownership interest in the application to an institution of higher education. The applicants in this second group don't need to meet the gross income restrictions and the other criteria required by the group of applicants that Chris just described. And also, in contrast to small entity status, there's no restriction on conveyances to non-microentities. So an institution of higher education that licenses its application or patent to a non-small entity or a non-microentity continues to be entitled to microentity status. The definition of an institution for higher learning for purposes of qualifying for these reduced fees, the 75% reduced fees, is a little bit different from the definition for the purposes of small entity status. For small entity status and the 50% reduction in fees, a university or other institution of higher learning is defined as an educational institute that admits students having a certificate of secondary education, or the equivalent thereof, and that is legally authorized to provide a program of post-secondary education further that it awards a bachelor's degree or provides a two-year program that's acceptable for credit towards a bachelor's degree and is a public or other nonprofit institution that's nationally accredited or that has pre-accreditation status. The Institute of Higher Education for the purpose of the micro-entity status and the 75% reduction in fees has to meet all those same requirements, and additionally, it must be in any state in the United States. So institutions of higher education that are outside the United States may be eligible for small entity status and the 50% reductions, but they're not eligible for micro entity status and the 75% reduction in fees.
0: As Janet mentioned, President Obama signed the America Invents Act into law on September 16, 2011. The micro entity definition became effective on that date and is currently active. However, it is now up to the Director of the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office to complete its fee setting and rulemaking process. The USPTO, like all government agencies, is subject to notice and comment rulemaking procedure. The USPTO will be publishing its proposed new fee structure in the Federal Register likely by the fall of 2012. After receiving and considering public comment, it is expected that the fee changes will be implemented in February or March of 2014, up to 18 months after enactment of the law. Until then, microentity candidates may claim the benefit of the currently active small entity status, which offers the 50% reduction. In most application-related fees.
1: We appreciate the opportunity to present on this topic, and thank you.
0: Thank you very much. This preceding program was brought to you by Suffolk University. Please visit us on the web at www.suffolk.edu.